What is up, Filmatic? We're coming back at you with another episode of Summer of Stiller. And uh, today, of course, Justin's back, back on back on the Summer of Stiller grind. And we're talking so, about one of... Yeah, I, I, I didn't say you could talk. Uh, we're, talking about, <laughs> we're talking about one of probably the biggest Ben Stiller franchise, if, unless I'm missing something, uh, Night at the Museum. I know that everyone has at least seen the first one, okay? Maybe the second one. Definitely not the third one. Um, and if you do, it's probably a fever dream like it was for me. But, uh, yeah, so, uh, Justin, anything you want to say to, to start the podcast off? Yeah, can we just get a round of applause for that fantastic introduction that we've just I, I th- seen? Oh, unfortunately, I don't have an applause uh, sound effect, but I do have a um, uh, uh, um, uh, drums. <laughs> <laughs> so there you go yeah there, it works same tier uh nice. yeah that intro was kind of crazy wasn't it yeah that was uh crazy we were able to just come up with that on the fly on the oh. fly we definitely didn't take too long to even yeah no that was crazy i hope people like it yeah me people too. Like it. you guys go back and replay the intro right now <laughs> if you want just pick up on those hidden details and easter eggs um but yeah, so we're gonna we're gonna start the Night Museum episode. We're gonna try to power through. I know we've been kind of hit or miss on the length of these, but look at this guy. He's already yawning. Justin's tired. So you know, we're gonna try to get through for him, guys. Pray for Justin. Please. Get him some sleep. Alright. So let's begin with Night at the Museum. Uh the first one. Two thousand six. Okay. So this movie Directed, of course, by Sean Levy, who uh, people might know, I think, most recently from Stranger Things. He directed Stranger Things. I think he also directed Free Guy, that Ryan Reynolds movie. I don't know if you know The Adam that. Project. Yeah, yeah, that one, too. I haven't seen any of those, but I've heard I've mid seen, things. Um, I've seen Stranger Things. Okay. Is it good? Not that you um, have to launch into Stranger Things, but like generally, like, is it? I was a big fan of first season when i saw it, i think we were in like 10th grade when it came out mm-hmm. and um i think from the first through third season it gets better with every season okay that's cool but in the fourth season which just came out over the summer i think mm-hmm. i personally checked out did not like it at all i think it was terrible interesting i feel that's a hot take because i hear people constantly talking about stranger things nowadays true so um i mean yeah i don't want to get into a whole yeah no it's yeah but it's interesting it is interesting and it is connected to uh sean levy um true i don't know why i have this memory of my brother telling me sean levy directed finding nemo he did not (laughs) but i just thought he did for so long yeah i don't know i feel like besides the first night Okay, but I guess besides the Night of the Museum movies, like, he seems to just be, like, a safe director, more or less, from what I've seen and heard. I don't know. Um, I guess I really can't speak for the newest stuff with, like, Free Guy and whatever, but... I started Free Guy. was not a fan. I didn't get more He's, than, like, two minutes into Yeah, no, it looked... It looked I'm not gonna lie. It looked a little cringe. Well, I don't know. I saw some of the trailers, and I was like, okay, this is kind of interesting. Taika Waititi's in it. But at this point... Sure. You know... I don't know. Also, Taika Waititi fucking flubbed the the new Thor movie hard. So really, yeah, it's pretty bad. Um, I have not been keeping up with the Marvel movies. 
Yeah, haven't, finally, aren't you like 20, episodes, 20 movies behind? No, nah, literally. I finally watched the first Captain America movie. Um, Jesus. <laughs> Dude, you're literally, ten, you're literally 10 years behind. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's insane. Yeah, no, literally. That's that's good. We got to catch you up eventually and uh, talk about it. Um, but yeah, oh, also, last thing on Sean Levy, he is directing Deadpool 3 confirmed mm-hmm. so he really Which, is just going all out on working with ryan reynolds forever yeah it's interesting i don't know how i feel about that as as a choice as much as i like the night museum movies uh i feel like uh i don't know i hope i hope the the script kind of carries it because it again i don't know i feel like he's not a bad director he's just like okay i don't know i was a i, I like deadpool 2 a lot i like david leach's take on it i know a lot of people don't like deadpool 2 but um i was a big fan i honestly don't remember much about it i remember i didn't dislike it but i think i might have preferred the first one yeah no i mean it's fair the first one is like really really solid and and tight and uh just it knew i think deadpool 1 knew exactly what it had to do and it did it and i think deadpool 2 just suffers from if anything, the reputation of one and being a sequel. But I think if people, and I want, I want to eventually do an episode and talk about it, but if people eventually, uh, if people want to open their minds and look at it from a different perspective, I'd recommend watching it or rewatching it because I think it's really good and it's very uh, comic booky in, in the best ways. But anyway, enough about Sean Levy and Deadpool. Uh, I figured out yeah. what I was thinking of, by the way. It was another yeah. guy, Andrew Stanton, who did direct Finding Nemo, who also directed another episode of Stranger Things. Oh, okay. So I was getting some confusion there going okay, on. I think it is hilarious that the guy who made Finding Nemo did an episode of Stranger Things. Yeah, that is kind of crazy. Specifically in the second season. I wonder, did he make... I didn't see... It's strange, because obviously, like like so many others, I've seen Finding Nemo like a hundred times. Right. I never saw Finding Dory, and it is directed by Andrew Stanton. Is that who that is? Yes. Uh, am I? Is it a different? I'm mixing up the name. No, that's him. That's him. That's him. Okay. Um, yeah. I don't have strong opinions on Finding Dory. I remember thinking it was kind of overhyped when it yeah. came out. Like when I watched it, I was like, "Yeah, okay, it wasn't bad," but. Yeah, no. I mean, Nemo is one of the best Pixar movies in my. Opinion. Oh yeah, oh my god, it's incredible. But yeah, so that's a little little intro digression there. So let's jump into uh, the first night at the museum. Um, I guess we can. I guess no one seems to have a problem with this. Three people who are listening to these, you know, let us know if you have any objections. But I, I guess the best way to keep going about this is doing the plot, and then just stopping along the way. I mean, what do you think? Um, yeah, I guess. Yeah, I, I yeah. I feel like everyone has seen Night Museum, especially yeah. people watching this. Right, which is why I feel like this one will go kind of quickly in terms of plot right. things. Um, I was surprised how old it was, bro. Like, yeah. I mean, it makes um, sense because I literally have always just fucking known about it. I mean, it came out when we were five, so yeah. like we're like obviously, I had it. Like, I remember famously, my family had a dvd of it that got like scratched mm-hmm. oh like, classic whenever i wanted to watch it it was fucking scratched and then at one point we like went on a trip to this like house on lake lanier in georgia to like because like i 
we were going to visit like old friends from when we lived in Georgia and they were like, had like a lake house and they were like, come down to the lake house, have a couple laughs. <laughs> and I, for nice. some reason brought, like we got, <laughs> we got a replacement disc for Night at the Museum and Holy I bought shit. it. And then we left it in the DVD player there. No. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no, so, dude, that's what happened. It wasn't scratched beforehand. I left it in the DVD player, and then they mailed it to us. And when they mailed and it, it was, was scratched. fucking scratched. Yeah. Oh, my so God. it was fucked forever then. Dude, the classic scratched seat DVDs are the ones that, at least all of these, like, they still worked, but they would skip in the, yeah. at a certain point in the movie. Either skip or just stop, right? So, like, cha- I remember we had a Harry Potter Chamber of Secrets DVD. Which I was so young, I didn't even know anything about Harry Potter. Nothing that this was the second one, whatever. It's just like a movie, and I would always it would start and I'd see the fucking freaky ass at the time. The the Dobby scene where he's in oh, the room. Oh, he's fucked up. Yeah, yeah, and especially back Dude. then, like when you're a kid, you see that. Yeah, scene, I right? hated Dobby as a kid. He was so yeah. creepy. And then like, and then Ron and Harry would like get in the car and they'd start flying and like, okay, things are. And then it would just skip like, like <laughs> an hour and a half. Like, yeah, that's hilarious. <laughs> It's a classic, and then like just what's going on here, like, right? It's and there are so many of those like that. I don't know how fucking DVDs would get scratched so easily if they were sitting mm-hmm. in a fucking DVD case. I don't know. Um, Probably from like little kids like handling them. I guess I don't. We were never allowed to like do any of that, but yeah. Um, I know. It's weird. Interesting. I do think people should. Speaking of DVD, <laughs> sure. Um. Somewhere around here. I don't know where it is right now. Uh, but much like, you know, they say the, the uh, someone's room is a reflection of their mind, right? Mm. So much like my mind, this keeps getting further and further pushed in the back of my head as it becomes <laughs> less relevant. Um, but the Suicide Squad DVD, guys, it's still available. Um, we have one contender so far, but this, certain, this particular contender, and I don't have any fear saying this, and I'll explain why. Um, cheated okay i won't say who but someone on the podcast who's been on the podcast multiple times and was on one of the episodes uh one of them this one particular one rhymes with bauer beist uh but (laughs) um their uh partner they told their partner to comment (laughs) on the on the thing for the dvd and look i get it you know everyone's just trying to help out but Look, come on. It's you gotta play the game. You know what I mean? You gotta yeah. actually listen to the episode and get to that point and and come. Right. Um not saying again, I have no fear saying that because I know that neither of them will be watching this right now. <laughs> so, so uh true. which is just cruelly ironic. But anyway, guys, <laughs> I'm letting the rest of you know. <laughs> the other yeah. the other two of you that's still available. And if you if you are listening at this point, literally, what is stopping you? You see, like what what could be stopping you from just commenting? It doesn't it doesn't have to make any sense. It could be a singular word. It could be an emoji. You could or put it on your. I'm not. I mean, before I was saying put it on your story, but I guess you don't want to out yourself as being a filmatic listener or whatever. <laughs> like, come on, guys. Hold on. Am I? Maybe I wasn't paying attention enough. But have you even said what it is, or is it just assumed at this point? Like, people know uh, what you're talking about. I think I mentioned it really quickly when I was talking just now, if that's what you mean. Okay. But yeah, I it is notice. the Suicide. No, I said, probably said it really quickly, but it is the Suicide Squad Blu-ray right. DVD. In that is somewhere clear. in my room. Yeah. In case it wasn't clear. 
I, I just, I don't know anymore. <laughs> uh, it, I guess it, I assume it gets funnier the longer we do it. So. <laughs> it does to me. <laughs> yeah, that's what, that's what counts. Right. Anyway, jumping back in, Night at the Museum. Um, mm-hmm. You guys have seen this one. You know how it goes. Uh, you know, we start off, Ben Stiller. Also, I <laughs> Cecil! <laughs> Gus! Um, <laughs> so it starts off in this one, of course. Uh, classic Ben Stiller down in his luck moment. Am I right? Dude. Because <laughs> the we're setting a theme here in the car. summer of Stiller. Yeah. <laughs> it's just another movie in the Ben Stiller genre. <laughs> Truly. I can't think of a movie where he isn't, like, <laughs> in some way, done. like, fucked. Yeah. yeah, like, I don't know. I guess maybe, like, Tropic Thunder. Or, I mean, no. Anyway, <laughs> whatever. We'll, we'll get into those when they, when they come. But, um, right. so down in his luck, he's divorced. Uh, he has a 10-year-old son. And, you know, he's worried that his son, uh, you know, isn't connecting with him as much anymore because uh, he doesn't have a stable job. And living situation also paul rudd plays the stepdad which is uh caught me by surprise because obviously when i was younger i didn't know who paul rudd was but yeah he does a good job in his little limited role um so of course larry turns to a job at the natural or the museum of natural history and uh even though he doesn't have the best resume he strangely kind of gets in right away and of course, we meet Cecil, played by Dick Van Dyke, and uh, his two friends, whose actors' names I don't know pulled up or no, but um, I know Gus. Oh, Mickey, is Rooney. Mickey Rooney, yeah, yeah. who uh, got the third film dedicated to him, of course. Um, this is so true. Yes, and I unfortunately don't know the name of Reginald's actor. Yeah, I'll, I'll look that up. In, in my defense, I only know Mickey Rooney because my dad always pointed out every time we watched a movie when I was a kid mm-hmm. and didn't know Dick Van Dyke either until literally this time we watched through it and you pointed it out. Yeah, no, the, they're all awesome actors, legendary actors. Uh, Reginald is played by Bill Cobbs. So shout Bill out to Cosby. Bill Cobbs. <laughs> Jesus. Uh, yeah, so... Um, they're the the retiring night guard, and of course they're all played hilariously. Uh, True, <laughs> you know Cecil's very charming. Gus's, <laughs> what does he what does he say to him? He has some he has some insane lines. Like, yeah, he literally always just calls him like some random like two syllable lunchbox. Like, yeah. yeah, you got something to say, hopscotch. <laughs> it's always perfect. There's nothing better than Ben Stiller getting like yelled at and <laughs> the face that he makes like. It's what? no, dude. He always, yeah. It's just so it's awesome. Yeah. So, um, oh, also like the line in the movie, Cecil's like giving him like all the instruction manuals and stuff, like rushing to to leave, and he's like, "Just don't let anything in, Larry, or out," and like closes the door. And like, I don't know. I like I love that stuff in this movie. Like, there's a lot of like, I don't know. I guess cheesy is the word, but like, you know what I mean? Very like, uh, it's magical. It's magical. It is a. It, is, it does have a magical vibe, and that score, by the way, that score is oh, awesome. That, dude, it's so good. <laughs> that classic theme. Uh, it's it's great. Um, so of course, you know, we move forward to Ben Stiller's first night 
at uh, also I want to point out in every movie that we ever have talked about on Summer of Stiller, we only refer to Ben Stiller's characters as Ben Stiller. <laughs> yeah, I just realized that. <laughs> um, which is, this is fun. Um, it's hilarious. Of course, the first night, I think, iconic scene in everyone's mind where we just start getting things coming to life one by one. Of course. And, you know, the piles on first the T-Rex, yeah. and then the monkeys, then the animals, then the miniatures. Of course, we get that great scene with the miniatures where he gets tied down um unless i'm mistaking when that takes place but i think he gets possibly gets tied down that first first night um but regardless we get great uh, roles from owen wilson and steve coogan i think yeah steve coogan as uh the roman and the cowboys octavius and jedediah Yeah, um, something I didn't, like, really pick up, obviously, as a kid. I See, what I interpreted it as, as a child was just classic Ben Stiller's down on his luck. Like, right. I felt bad for him. I'm like, this, I can't catch a break. Right. But watching it, you kind of see, like, the whole reason he was forced to take this job is because he is, like, just kind of like a good-for-nothing guy. Like, right, well, he has the adventures thing, which I guess we didn't talk about, right? Well, at the beginning of the movie, he, like, is talking to his ex-wife, and it's revealed through conversation that, like, because of his, like, ineptness slash laziness or whatever, he was, like, fired from his previous jobs and, like, evicted from his previous apartments. Yeah. And we're like, okay. And then he's talking about, like, his, like, harebrained get-rich-quick schemes, which is a... <laughs> Okay, let's like talk about a virtual driving range. Okay, well, true. Yeah, yeah. The snapper. See, yeah. Uh, which is a, 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 a it's a great scene because of course it's just classic Ben Stiller like improv moment. But like he's describing that like uh, his genius novel uh, creative idea, which is you snap your fingers and the lights turn off. Of course, obviously there is the clapper, which already exists, which the the lady points out. To but I want to point out, we'll get to this, in the, in the scheme that we're describing it, and if you've seen the movie, you know what I'm talking about, it just seems like a one-off joke, okay? So the way that the snap, okay, Justin, <laughs> Justin doesn't agree with me, I think, as much on this, <laughs> but it blew my mind, <laughs> the return of this joke, because like, I don't know why, I just was not expecting it at the end of the movie. I was like, I don't know if it was late, if it was just late, or like, I don't know, but like, I was like laughing my ass off and it's, um, we'll get to it but just remember the snapper guys remember the snapper all right um well what i was gonna say was that yeah we hear all this stuff and maybe it's not evident it's because he's like shit at his jobs and everything and maybe it's like man he's just like caught in like a a rut vicious yeah. cycle of capitalism you know right but but then he gets this job at the museum, you know, the job at the, the title museum of the movie. at night. And yeah. he's like handed this thick instruction book and Cecil's like, remember Larry, don't let anything in or out. You're right, you know, right. exactly what you just said. And he immediately just like tosses the instruction manual on the <laughs> desk and starts like playing with the, <laughs> like the system and then just falls asleep. For presumably who knows how long. That's actually a good point. I guess that's I didn't really think <laughs> it's about just like, that. Clearly puts no effort into his job. Like didn't like actually we, like Huh. 
do you think they could have uh, dove into that theme more? Like, as a like, I feel like they could have turned that into something where it's like he's a slacker, he doesn't care, and he pays for it, of course, in that first night when right. everything runs amok, and he, yeah. But maybe they could have added something where maybe towards the end of the movie, it's like he has to actually step up, which I guess he does, but I guess it's not as like it doesn't feel intentional. You know what I mean? That that's the. Th- Right. The theme of the arc of his character. Okay, so he and experiences the first night. Everything comes alive and terrorizes him because he didn't read the instructions and he just right. fell asleep. He quits after that. He gives up because he is. A he does give up, and it's not worth the absurdity. Honestly, in that scenario, I in this singular scenario, yeah, I would yeah. also. Probably quit. Actually, it'd be kind of insane. I don't know. Who could say? Who could say? The point it's, is, it's understandable that he would quit after right, what happened. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. The reason he is forced to not quit is because he wants the job to impress his son, not just true. to impress his son, but also to maintain the woman, the ability. Mm, true, but see, to yeah. maintain anyway. the ability to have and like see his son because if he doesn't have a job. His ex-wife, his ex-wife. Off. it's good yeah. for him to see you, etc. So, like, he's sort of, the responsibility is forced upon him, but throughout the movie, he kind of adopts it. And, of course, as his character changes throughout the series, he now feels a sense of obligation to protect these exhibits and is mm-hmm. now out of his own volition going out of his way and taking them into his responsibility, even when it isn't anymore. So Right. And then, of course, he also gets a love interest for no reason, but yeah, it <laughs> you know, it's, every movie. Yeah, he does. Um, it's kind of messed up. Um, it's never even explained. It's not. It's it's literally just there for the sake of being there. Um, I mean, you know, you do get the funny scene. Oh, actually, I mean, I guess you could argue like she's like the historian or whatever. So she like, I, I guess before he goes back to the museum, gives him information, or like inspires him to do research. Or something of the like. I don't know if you remember this. They're like walking in the park when he's like going to coffee. What does he say? He has a funny line about a coffee meeting or something. Little, but um, like conversational download or something like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. It's like informational coffee. I think it was or something. You're right. Like that. Yeah, yeah. Which was funny. Which was great. But yeah, I guess so. I guess there was some purpose, but like, and it did get up give us the the funny line of informational coffee, but. I don't know. Um, right. So, yes. So he goes back, obviously, uh, you know, reads up, learns a little bit more about the exhibits, knows how to deal with them. Um, however, uh, you know, um, there's also, okay. So I think what happens, big thing that happens after that is then one of the Neanderthal gets out, uh, Neanderthal get out and they, one of them just disintegrates into dust. <laughs> yeah. He escapes <laughs> through a window that the shitty little monkey opens. True. And he burns up in the daylight because he can't. And he has like that haunting score music in the background. And he like yeah. looks up at Ben Stiller in the window in the last <laughs> second and then fucking dies. And then he right. gets hit by a car. <laughs> yeah, he turns into a pile of dust and this street sweeper just like cleans it up and it's fucking gone. Right. Yeah. Just like had to be intentionally like funny even though they were playing like sad music right like, of course it's insane 
Um, and then, of course, uh, this leads to who we haven't talked about yet, uh, Ricky Gervais's character as the museum director. Um, like, threatening to fire him. He has a great scene in this movie with Stiller. Um, God last. knows I'll butcher it if I try to do it. <laughs> but um, it, it's a funny scene where he's, like, pointing out to him that the exhibits are fucked up and whatever. Right. And he, Something absolutely... Comedy blood blood. Yeah, yeah, so true. <laughs> Um, yeah i was just saying he has like this hilarious like like speech pattern where he will just like trail off and not finish any of his sentences funny is it it's just it's kind of like that and then he like just like yeah and he like pretends as if like it's so evident what he's gonna he's like it's like smug like just do this again i swear it will be it will Am I clear? Am I clear? Have it's I a good accent. A... It's like, dude, it's, it's much so better than funny. I can do. Like, the funniest one definitely is when like the uh, Octavius is like in the stocks in the Wild West world, and he's like, "Yeah, do you think that's funny? Because I don't. I think it's about as funny as a fence." It's just like, it's like I'm making like a random syllable. It has to be the most underrated part of this movie. I think is that's okay. Awesome. And what's okay? Put this on a grander scale. It's like they realized that and then gave us like 10 times that in the next movie. Exactly. Because the next movie, which we'll get to, obviously, is like it's the base of the movie is structured on these little improv moments that Ben Stiller has with everybody. And it's with everybody from as small as Brunden, the security guard, to the main villain, Kamen Ra, to Napoleon, who's another villain. You know what I mean? It's it's awesome. It's, it's just like perfect. Yeah, um, it's awesome. But what's interesting is that they get rid of um, Ricky Gervais's character's like speech, like trailing off bit. It's not even pre- he's in all three movies. That's a good point. In each movie, he has a smaller and smaller role. You're but, right. Yeah. And in the second and third, he doesn't do that. Like he just talks yeah, I guess, completely normally. I wonder what that is. Maybe they specifically in that first movie like gave him room to do improv or something. I don't know, but. It definitely right. seems much more scripted. <laughs> it was just trying to do improv, but couldn't come up with anything. <laughs> it just happened to be, like, comedically genius. No, it's literally so fucking funny. <laughs> it's insane. If you guys are out there, please just look up uh, Ricky Gervais and Anthony's scene. Yeah. Just watch it if you don't remember, or rewatch it, whatever. Um, okay. <laughs> so, yeah. So, the fucking caveman is dead. Um, okay, and then the next night... Uh, after I guess reading up more, uh, he brings his son, Ben Stiller brings his son to the museum. He's like, "You're, you're not gonna believe this. I don't believe this, Morty. You're not gonna believe this." Fucking say hello oh, to Rexy. <laughs> yeah, that's a good one. Um, and of course, Rexy does not come alive. No one comes alive because the tablet is being stolen by Cecil, Cecil, Ren- Reginald, and Gus. Um, Cecil Fredericks? <laughs> yeah, no, they're... Do we even yeah. mention that the tablet even exists? You guys have seen the movie. You know yeah, that's what I'm works. saying. Like At this point, like, you know, there's a... T- okay, if you don't know and don't remember and are listening to this, the reason that the museum comes to life is there is an ancient Egyptian tablet that is in the tomb of... Um, not Achmenra. Achmenra. Um... And every night it brings them to life. 
but the whole reason that Cecil and his friends were being shady was they're trying to steal this and, and sell it for retirement money. Um, yeah, so uh, they, they're stealing it. And, of course, um, this leads to a, a great... Uh, um, well, I guess I'm skipping ahead, but he gets help from some of the uh, um, exhibits to to fight for the tablet back. True. Um, we haven't even mentioned the supporting role of Robin Williams as Theodore Roosevelt. I just felt like that was so implicit in... Come on, how do you not know about... Okay, yes, Robin Williams. Why are we even doing the plot of this movie then? I, I don't mean, know. Like, everyone I don't know. has seen Night at the Museum. That's a good point. I guess, yeah. Yeah, uh, okay. You guys know how it goes. He goes, and he, <laughs> he goes and he steals it back. And, uh, well, there's a Dakota! great scene. <laughs> yeah. So there's two great scenes. There's the scene where they're Jedediah and uh, Octavius are slashing the tires of the van. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. It's so funny. It's like slow motion. And they're like. Uh, it's great. It's great. It's like super up close with, and they're like, they're like fucking with the air, the air valve, and it's like blasting yeah. air, and they're like fighting yeah. against it, and guys are getting like blown away, and then it zooms yeah. out, and literally you just hear like a, <laughs> yeah. like, yeah, I mean, that that, that shit know. will like never not be funny. <laughs> like, yeah, and they reuse that bit in every movie. <laughs> they do, and it was always funny to me at least. <laughs> yeah, it's um, funny. just the repetition, if anything. Right, else. classic. Um, which leads to Cecil taking a stagecoach instead, which is pretty absurd and cool. Right. Um, they got his car, chasing. took off north, and crashed after thirty-five feet. <laughs> That's amazing. How do you know that? It just pans over, and you see the car. <laughs> right, that which is you're referencing, of course, Sacagawea. If you don't remember, guys, Sacagawea. Chicago. Like, Second, Oh, Um, uh, tracking the the, the car, and it's a great sure. bit. Um, of course, also there's the side motive of the historian woman who wants to get to know Sacagawea because she's writing like a thesis paper about her or something. Carla Gugino. Uh, Otherwise, right. what I knew her as a child was the mom from Spy Kids. True. It's a good point. Yeah. It's another her and Ben Stiller like it's kinda like hinted at that they there might be a bit of romance there. Maybe. But it's purely purely professional little information download coffee. <laughs> right. But then at the end of the movie he gives her a very you know you know, he gives her a look. <laughs> Does he? Yeah. Yeah, you don't remember when he's like looking out at everybody. He sees his oh, kids like partying yeah, yeah, with yeah, them, yeah, yeah, yeah. and so then she's true. like talking to Sagajui, and then she like looks up at him, and he's like, right. he doesn't actually do a thumbs up, but <laughs> he like he gives her the look like I want to come have sex with right, you. Know right, what I mean? Like, of like, course, of like, course. And then it's never ever mentioned. And then, and then she disappears. She's, so, she's not. She in died in a car crash. She. They never mention it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> rip, rip her character. Um. True. I wonder if they want. I guess I wonder if they even like considered writing her into any more scripts, or she couldn't do it, or you know what I mean. I think it'd be funny yeah. because the next one, obviously, is the Amy Adams romance. But uh, 
Anyway. You heard of the Bechdel test? The Mechdel test? Bechdel test. No, it's, I don't think so. It's like a, a test created for movies to see if they pass based on female representation in the movie. And okay. the qualifications for it are that two different female characters have to speak to each other about something that isn't a man. And I think it's kind of an interesting concept. I think it's kind of limiting in some regards because for example, the example that brought this to my attention was the movie gravity with Sandra Bullock mm-hmm. Gra- gravity spoilers coming up right here. I was just going to say it doesn't pass the test, which on the surface level, just the fact the binary yes or no doesn't pass the test kind of puts it in a black and white kind of perspective. So this movie doesn't pass the test, but also she's the like only character in the movie after the first like 10 minutes. It's just her. So it's kind yeah. of like a, it seems like it doesn't really always give the best, um, like, what's the word? Like representation of the movies. Right. Yeah, it does seem anyway, a little limiting, but it, it, I guess it is a good, like general test of like, especially cause it's so, inf- like, I feel like I was thinking I was going through movies that I'd watched recently. And so few of them actually passed it, but Night at the Museum did pass it, but only by the skin of its teeth, because it's like the end of the movie, um, uh, Carlo Gugino talks to Sacagawea. Right. So, and it's not, it's about Sacagawea herself. It's not about another man, so. Right. Well, because the whole movie, I, I'm seeing this now because I looked it up, but um, the whole movie, she's like, I need to ask Sacagawea questions. What would she, what would she be like? What was it like being with those explorers? What are they, you know what I mean, for her thesis? And then all we ever see her do is like, you're Sacagawea, like basically, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, that's what this person is saying, at least, that that's why it barely you, passes the test. You rock, I think that's what yeah. she says. <laughs> yes, yes, oh god, yes. <laughs> We're talking about we Ezra Miller, let's not talk about Ezra Miller. Miller. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. Last um, I heard, he was on a farm with a baby and a bunch of guns. Yeah, and there were, quote, loose bullets around the baby. Right, like in its mouth or something. Am I crazy, or where the hell did he get a baby? I think the, the the mother was, like, a fan or, like, part of his mm-hmm. cult or whatever. Right. And he, uh, she was just living with him for some reason. I guess we don't know why. But, Dude, um, literally, what the hell is happening? Yeah, and, last thing I can see here is August 7th. He was arrested for felony burglary, burglary in Vermont. Um, what the fuck? Stole several bottles of alcohol from an, at the time, unoccupied residence. Uh, so... That's crazy. Yeah. Yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> because when this all started, okay, so it's funny just the filmatic timeline of it. Because we like haven't consistently been talking about it. We went from Schneider Cut. Yeah, there's this weird video of like Ezra Miller like choking a fan, but it's a joke. Dude, <laughs> if you go back that, that has aged so poorly. Oh I know. Like it's bad if someone listens to it. <laughs> <laughs> We're like, no no dude. Uh, She's, laughing. Like, She's laughing. She's laughing. Yeah. yeah. We She's also defended Shia LaBeouf. We, we, we didn't defend okay. Shia LaBeouf, but... We defended Shia LaBeouf in the context of him not being racist in that video. Right, he was only asking for a cigarette. He was so. unironically, why would, if, why would he ask for a cigarette if he was racist? But I don't know if you saw this, the most recent Shia LaBeouf stuff that came out, but um, have you heard of the movie Honey Boy that he made? 
okay, it was a uh, came out a few years ago. It's about like his abusive. Well, his at the time he's like, okay, it's about the abusive relationship with my father. It's a true story. Recently, he came out. He said in an interview, he was like, yeah, no, that's that was uh, all fabricated. <laughs> I had a loving relationship with my father. <laughs> that's crazy. Which is, uh, I don't know, not like a, he didn't like fucking, you know, do any Ezra Miller tier shit, but. Right. Just, uh, well, also, didn't he admit to like physically abusing his girlfriend? FKA Twins. Oh, yeah, I guess I, yeah. Yeah. yeah I guess he's, right. yeah. I, I didn't know too much about that. but Yeah, I also don't know much about it. I just know that he, like, admitted that it happened. And right. I think he, I think he was saying it had something to do with alcohol abuse, if I remember correctly. And I also believe I remember hearing that he was, like, getting treated for it or something. Yeah. Um, yeah, she filed a lawsuit against him citing sexual battery, assault, and emotional abuse. Um, that's what I see from him, just a general search. Interesting. I think the Shia LaBeouf one, uh, definitely hurts a little more, like, like, Ezra Miller, like, I knew him from fucking, you know, Justice League or whatever, and, I mean, what he's doing, yeah, like, obviously, all the stuff he's done is terrible, but, like, just, like, wow, that Ezra Miller is crazy, but Shia LaBeouf, it's like, come on, man, those Transformers movies... You know, Transformers, <laughs> Surf's Up, Holes. Or are you it's gonna like, tell me Stanley Elements? Yeah. It always hurts when like someone you like grew up watching, you know, ends up being yeah. a complete asshole. But it's the way it goes, I guess. Uh, That's what I felt about Johnny Depp for so long, you know, back when it's controversial. believed Amber Heard. Yeah. I don't I didn't I didn't really follow the, the case things too much and I don't really wanna yeah, I don't know. Um, I do think it's more probably more complex than black or white. You know what I mean? But um, but yeah, no, definitely like that stuff in the beginning was bad, dude. She but shattered we lost his we, pillow. True. Biggest thing is we lost a pirates movie because of this whole no seriously this whole chicanery, dude. And I like Mads Mikkelsen more than the next guy, but his recasting and. Honestly, kind of dodged a bullet because that movie was fucking asshole. <laughs> Holy shit! I heard it was, it was bad, dude. Dude, the secrets uh, of Dumbledore. Dude, it's crazy because I was obsessed with Harry Potter all through elementary school, yeah, you know, most of middle school, but I never saw any of the Fantastic Beasts movies, and I, okay. I don't feel like I missed out on anything. <laughs> I do want to see the first one though. I want to see the first. One. The first one I liked when I first watched it. I rewatched it over the summer, and I was like, "Yeah, it's okay." It's, it doesn't have the same magic that Harry Potter had. Right. It doesn't feel like the same movie. First of all, there's Americans in it. Okay. It's, it's not weird. in London. Or I guess Hogwarts is in Scotland. I guess the whole point in... was that it's not supposed to be the same thing, right? It's supposed to be like yeah, just in the world. It just wasn't cool. like... like The coolest part is seeing Newt Scamander like chilling with insane like fictional animals. Right. And in each movie, that becomes a less and less focus. Right, like, even the, the title of the movie is Fantastic Beasts. <laughs> right. Like, in the first movie, it was decent. The movie's about him, like, trying to recover them, I think, or something like that. Right. The second one and the third one, I feel like it barely, it, like, shows a little bit of the beasts at the beginning of the movie, and then that's, it's just about other stuff. The second one was also terrible. Oh, also hilarious, Ezra Miller is in all three of these movies. I did hear that. <laughs> that's 
Dude, I, I just wonder what they're gonna do with the Flash movie. They had it, dude. They had it ready to go. It was. It would have been out by now. I think. It's probably just around this time. Out, whatever. Right? Sometime around this time. It's probably just not gonna come out, right? The problem is they sunk so much money into it that, at least from what I'm reading, that they don't know what to do because of how much money they've spent on it. They can't afford to like not release it slash put it on streaming. Um, uh, the pro- I think what's hilarious though, and I do think I did mention this on one of the podcasts, maybe it was the slap one or whatever, but like if they had just released it as planned when the stuff, the original things were coming out, like way, way originally when people were still like very vague on it, there wasn't really any solid details or whatever. They right. probably wouldn't have been, have been fine because they had a plausible deniability of being like, well, we didn't know. We've had this plan, you know, we didn't know all this shit was going to. But now at this point, they put themselves in such a position where it's like, what do you do? <laughs> like, dude, you know what I mean? Watch me have sympathy for them. <laughs> watch me have sympathy sympathy for a multi million dollar corporation. I never yeah. knew this would happen, but. I made some pea brain decision to try it. Because obviously they knew about Ezra Miller. They were just like, well, maybe we, yeah. maybe we can do it fast enough that people won't notice. And obviously, they had to be quicker than that. Yeah, I I don't know. It does suck for, like, the people who worked on the movie on a smaller true. level. That is Michael true. Keenan's in this movie. Fucking, like, there's a new Supergirl in this movie. There's, like, all sorts of things going on. Uh, ben Affleck's in this movie. Oh, yeah, dude, rip Ben Affleck, bro. Yeah. Poor guy. Not poor guy, I guess. <clears throat> because he's marrying Jennifer Lopez. He doesn't have to worry about fucking... Keeping up the standards of being Batman anymore after this Flash movie, he's multimillionaire. I mean, maybe maybe not Rip Ben. Maybe you're fine, Ben Affleck. (laughs) True. Anyway, that was her little (laughs) celebrity (laughs) gossip interlude. (laughs) Yeah, back to Ninth Museum. Back to Ninth Museum. Uh, We think we're pretty much finished. I mean, um, uh, you know, obviously they retrieved the tablet. So oh, on and so forth. Uh, oh, okay, I do think this is uh, interesting. Is because of the events of retrieving the tablet. There's like footprints, dinosaur footprints in the snow, and like caveman drawings in the subways and whatever. Dude, and this leads to news public footage. thinking. Yeah, the yeah. Go ahead. <laughs> Just cavemen like lighting a fire on the roof of the museum, like jumping up and down, hooting. Right, and of course the public copes with this by going, "Oh my God, it's a." This is a crazy promotional campaign by the Museum of Natural History to get right. us to come to the, the museum, which leads to a huge increase in uh, people coming, which gets Ben, uh, ben Stiller, his job, back again. Yeah. Um, the ending is pretty fun. It's a fun like family ending, I feel like. It's, of course, the iconic, since it, being a kid, the earth went in fire, you know? Of course. Um, I don't know, it's just it's good vibes and um of course this leads to what I mentioned before. The last frame of this movie. Okay. <sighs> listen guys, listen. Alright. The snap the, the snap light joke happened in the first fifteen minutes of this movie. And the last frame of this movie is Ben Stiller looking out at the crowd. Okay, looking out at the crowd, everyone's having good vibes, he's like, Yoo-hoo! and 
he pulls out his flashlight, does a little spin with it, turns it on, does a little spin with it, puts it back in the holster, and then snaps, and it turns off. Okay? <laughs> is it just me, guys? Is it just me? I don't know. I'm, I'm, I feel like I'm going insane. I think it's great. Uh, it's, it is funny. It's funny. It's fun. I think... I, I just feel like you have... It's, it's genius writing. Okay, guys? <laughs> yeah, it's good. It's good. I don't know. It also just caught me by surprise so hard. Because I, I could I didn't remember what it was. And... Hmm. There's anyway, the credit that... scene that shows that Cecil, Gus, and Reginald weren't actually arrested for trying to steal the tablet. Which, by the way, they were trying to steal... Because it gives them like super strength. Oh yeah, we didn't talk about that. There's like they're like fighting. Like Larry's like, all right, give me the tablet back. And like obviously you're under the impression these are just old men. And then they just like do like flips and like kick Larry in the face and shit. <laughs> <his body. laughs> yeah. <laughs> Little but bit right, of they don't. Yeah. I was just gonna say they don't get arrested because Larry just tells them, yeah, you guys can just clean up the museum, the mess that's been made, and then you'll be fine. Yeah. That, that was yeah. <laughs> I forgot about that. That's funny. Um, it's a funny bit, bit of trivia I read was there's a part where the guards are chasing Ben Stiller up the stairs in the museum, and they all required stunt doubles except for which you you can guess which actor of the old guys did not require a stunt double to run upstairs. I want you to guess. Mickey Rooney. <laughs> no. <laughs> is, is that wishful thinking? Yeah, that's wishful thinking. Uh, it, it was it's, Dick It's got to be Dick Van Dyke. Okay. Yeah, he, of course. He's like 98 now, and he's like insane. Like, I don't know if you've seen any videos of him. He did some promotional video when the election was happening, talking about like the right to vote and stuff. He, uh, the guy's healthy. It's good for him. Um, yeah, that's fantastic for Cecil. Yeah. <laughs> um... Any other trivia that I had read? I'm trying to see. Then uh, really, I mean, um, I don't know. Where do we think? Or is it ranking time? Hmm. Could be, yeah. It's for trivia, if you're interested. Uh, my my DVD of Night Museum. Um, mm-hmm. The the cut is between. It's when he's looking out at the giant mess made by all of the uh, exhibits that are having a giant war in the front lobby, and he gets uh, Rami Malek as Ackman Rod to come and like quiet them so he can like tell them we. He's like, he's like, guys, we need you to work together so we can get the tablet back. South, you lost. Okay, slavery's bad. <laughs> yeah, so you got NASCAR Dude. and the Almond Brothers. It's okay. Dude, like, I forgot about that. That line is insane. Holy right, shit. right before that, like when he's looking out over the crowd, that's when it freezes, and then it like jumps to like pretty much like in media res of like the fun, like the climax when Robin Williams is cut in half and Sacagawea is melting him back together. <laughs> that's insane. It always sucked because I, as a kid, just thought the joke about them. They're like reparations for losing the war was the Allman Brothers and NASCAR. I thought was so funny. So yeah, no, I never I, picked up on that. I could never get that joke because it was always yeah. cut out every time. Wow, that's crazy. That's messed up. 
Um, okay, yeah. So, uh, you got you have the ranking thing ready? Yeah. Um, hold up. I okay. already have Knights Museum like loaded into it. Just need to put in the numbers. Okay. Um, so rating it out of ten. Mm-hmm. <sighs> Man, this is a crowded arena for sure. Um, True. Hmm. It's like See, I, I, God, man. I feel like if you want, we don't have to do it this way. But if you want, we could rate them all after we're done talking about them. Or do you want to keep going one by one? We can go one by one and then just like go over them, maybe. Okay, that's fine. I just want to check. Um, so I feel like Battle of Smithsonian has like more jokes. And more like outright comedy, the way that I was talking about the improv, which means I'd like it a little bit more. But Night in the Museum one is just so tight as a movie. It's right, like, it's it's perfect. It's yeah, jeez, man. This might this might change later, uh, but I'm I'm gonna say tentatively. I'm gonna say nine. Nine. Yeah. I, I don't know. I don't know. I, I I think it's too iconic. It's too it's too powerful in the in the not only the realm of Stiller but the realm of, of family movies. True. Uh, Bro, so. yeah, reality bites is far <laughs> Taking <behind. a> beating. <laughs> Where is that? 3. Like four? Oh my 3. god! 5. Currently, you just beat your previous high score which was meet the parents with 8.5 yeah that is i think that lines up i think that lines up for me personally i think that lines up honestly i was thinking nine as well because i mean am i really going to be out here saying Knife museum is worse than heartbreak kid no yeah exactly <laughs> that's what right, i'm saying i'll give it a nine yeah. as well it's Let's so go. good it is it is uh, it, I, I think it'll stand the test of time True. What we could do, it's kind of a fun interactive thing, is after we get our rankings, we can then use them to format, like, a, you know, the battles where, like, it's 2v2 that eventually, like... The, yeah, the tier, or the bracket, bracket fight. Yes, brackets, yeah. exactly. We yeah. can do, use our ratings to create the brackets, and then... Oh, we can, yeah, there's literally a site for that. I was looking at exactly, yeah. and then you we can do a vote on Instagram or something like every day it'll knock Dude. one out or something. That's smart. That's smart. We should. I'll write that down. That's good. All right. Um. Dude, I saw Colton again. By the way, on campus. Oh my god. Yeah. Dude, Colton, if you're out there, reach out to us, man. Uh, we're looking to have you on the podcast. Let us know when you're free. Reach out to him. Colton, we'll be in touch. <laughs> I won't because I don't have Instagram anymore. True, but as I'm uh, sure everyone is aware, based on the little clip, dude. Okay, let's talk about the clip for a second. That shit went relatively, in terms of our project, went viral. Okay, we're talking about like possibly the most viewed video we have on YouTube. Um, definitely the most interactive post we have on Instagram. Um, you know, I got messages from people that I haven't talked to since high school. Uh, shout out to um, Bettina, Damian, <laughs> and uh, Jay Kondopoli. <laughs> um, you know, um, 
I, and I, I was talking to Darian about this, and this is something that maybe people can comment on. Darian, okay, well, Darian was kind of talking about a more extreme version of this, but like talking about how how good that clip was, and how good he thinks that you and I specifically, but also just generally with the podcast, like all of our comedy bits together can be just outside of movies. And was talking about like how good it would be to like, as an idea, like to to not like change the whole podcast. I guess this part is up for debate, but like pivot to just us like talking about stuff and just like doing like not even just, specific movies, just like talking. That would have to He's be like, a different podcast. Though. Yeah, well, he was like, he was like, if you guys did a podcast like the Joe Rogan podcast, my God, I hate bringing, but like not format wise, like the Joe Rogan podcast where you're just shooting the shit. He think he was like it could be very entertaining, um, so like see that, yeah. I don't know. I just feel like it'd be a pain to like make a different podcast and like yeah. brand it differently and everything. But um, I don't know. Guys, let us start know. Over. Yeah, yeah, that'd be a pain. But um, I mean, infamously, Sofia Martinez did tell us the same thing. Uh, you know, two years ago or whatever. So, guys, if you have any comments about that, make sure you drop them below, as if you will. Um, <laughs> yeah, sure. You, you won't even crazy. comment a singular word for a DVD. Yeah, I'm sure you're gonna comment on the and give us feedback on the podcast. <laughs> anyway, um, it's crazy how long ago the Shrek podcast was. <clears throat> yeah, we're talking like a year and a half, possibly yeah. something like that. Yeah, that you was a, not what? my first that I was on. No, yeah. you were on one of the quarantine ones. Yeah. That was one of your first ones when you were in New yeah. Zealand. True, yeah. And then um, I had stayed up and I was like on the podcast. My time at like six or seven in the morning, having not gone to sleep. Sheesh. Yeah, because I was. Time. What was that like sixteen? I think or seventeen hours ahead. Oh my god. Yeah. But at least back then it was quarantine, no school. Right. It, unironically, so, my sleep schedule was like that, regardless of the podcast, so it didn't affect that. Here. But I was like waking up at like, literally waking up at like eight p.m. and like going to bed at like ten in the morning. That's insane. Yeah. Um. Wow. Um. Yeah, guys, check those out. Those quarantine podcasts are, are real gems, and I think they kind of lend to that format where we're just talking about. I mean, yeah, like we're talking about movies technically but like we go off topic all the time and have little bits and stuff so yeah those are good all right at least we should speed up and dive into <laughs> true uh battle of the smithsonian stack uh, cast bro when we were watching oh my god credits the names just star studded star yeah. studded guys we're talking ben Stiller. we're talking amy adams we're talking owen wilson we're talking hank azaria we're talking uh, Robin Williams. We're talking John Bernthal. We're talking um, Craig Robinson. This is off the top of my head. I'm trying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, obviously, you got Robin Williams, Ronnie Malik. I don't remember which right. one you said. You got. I said Robin. Jay yeah. Baruchel has like a small bit in it. <laughs> obviously, Jonah and he has Hill. a post-credit scene. Yeah, true. Um, uh, I feel like I'm definitely. We're, like forgetting We're definitely something. missing some people, but there are so many people in this, some of which aren't even credited in the main I mean, credits. like, pretty much all of the big names from the first movie. Ed Holmes is in this for a minute. 
Yeah, um, true. So true, actually. Uh, what's his name? George George Foreman, isn't it? Oh, yeah. <laughs> that was so weird. Yeah, so I guess we can start with that because that's the beginning of the movie. Because mm-hmm. um, the movie starts three years after Night at the Museum. And uh, Larry Daly now runs his own uh, direct response television company that sells inventions that are kind of based on his experiences at the museum. Um, and it starts with him. It starts with a little ad where it's like Ben Stiller voicing over a in-studio commercial. By the way, the guy in that ad running around is Sean Levy. I don't know if you caught that. Um, I did not. Yeah. We I don't know why I didn't mention it when I saw it, but it was him. Um, what is he advertising? <laughs> uh, glow in the dark flashlight. That's what it is. Glow in the dark flashlight. I was pissed off because I'm like, you went through the trouble. Listen, I'm going to get back on my snap out, snaps soapbox again. All right. You right. went through the trouble of doing the snap joke and then making it the last joke in your the first movie. And you're not going to start it off on this movie. As being a successful invention, it makes no sense. Writers in the museum battles. True. It, tell me I'm wrong. I mean, even if you like the Joker, <clears throat> tell me I'm wrong. I mean, come on. I mean, it's anyway. Also, I want to mention in the Night of the Museum Battle Smithsonian PC game, uh, which I downloaded and <laughs> played for thirty minutes. Um, the beginning of that starts with a, a, a scene that's kind of like this. But it's like a, a cutscene of video game Ben Stiller on a talk show. And he's like... Also, Ben Stiller voices himself in this game, which is awesome. Anyway, he in, in this ad, in the in-game version, he is advertising the Snap flashlight. What's going on? What happened here? What the happened game here? is more like... Has the game continuity. is far more canonical than the... Right. You heard it here first. Um, yeah, and then of course in the movie George Foreman is there, and he's like, "What's up, George Foreman?" <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's like multiple times. He's like, "Yeah, George Foreman." It's, it's pretty funny. <laughs> um, yeah, Eugene so, Levy voices the Einstein bobbleheads. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. I thought it was some has to be an reason. eyebrow joke, right? Must be right. <laughs> I don't know what else it would be. I was looking up. Um, which of the characters Hank Azaria voice? Because I knew it was probably several. And Multiple. Yeah. Abraham Lincoln, the thinker, and of course, Kamen Ra. Yeah. And I was when I was looking at Hank Azaria, I saw one of the images suggested was him in a Speedo buff from Along Came Polly. And it was right. under the article, The Search for, let me, let me find it, The Hunt for the Worst Movie of All Time. And I'm like, What? First of all, Long Came Polly was not oh. bad. And so Even I clicked on it. You didn't think it was great, but anyway. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Worst movie of all time. Anyway, I click on it. It's from 2011, right? Different time. And I can, without subscribing, I can only see a very small portion of the article. And it is this. What website is this? <laughs> Stereogum.com. It'll be okay. in the annotated bibliography. True. Send that it, link in the chat. Yeah. True. Yeah, 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 I will. It's it's like this weird. It's like that kind of cringy, like, like opinion piece style where they're like really trying to be funny and they think they're. Like, yeah. It's like how I thought it was cool to write when I was in like elementary school and I had to do like creative writing projects. 
it's like Angus Angus Aries body in Alonke Polly is weird, right? Do we do we all agree on that? Weird. Yeah. Weird? What? Yeah. That's what I'm saying. It's literally the most pea brain Oh, dude. It's cringy on me. I'm gonna subscribe real quick with a throwaway email. Bro, there's so many takes to have on someone being jacked. But weird is not one I would expect. Yeah. It's so weird. And that's what they said. They're like, do we all agree on that? At the very least, can we agree that it's unexpected? If I can't get a flat out weird, I'll take a mumbled surprising for sure. <laughs> I will admit, what? it did surprise me. I was surprised. I was surprised. But, but I was but in a good way. I was like, not, oh my god. Yeah. Yeah, no, definitely in a good way. But I certainly was... The word weird did not come to mind. It seems so, like, rude towards Hank's area as well. It's, like, so unnecessary. <laughs> yeah, I saw you uh, in a Speedo in the new movie. That's, that's kind of weird. It's kind of weird of you, bro. A little strange. A little, little, little quirky that you would do that. But, uh, you know. Dude. Dude, should I pay... $110 a year for fucking Stereo Gum VIP membership. Yes. <laughs> Dude, that's preposterous. If any of you should become writers for Stereo Gum. Dude, we easily could. Should we do that? Should we just become writers for Stereo Gum as an inside plot just to derail this article with our own trumping article about? How long Kim Kali is one of the greatest rom-coms of all time. Hmm. Guys. This guy, I'm looking at other stuff he's done. He seems like a fucking no life. Just like, what is this kid? His name is, I'm going to call him out. His name is yeah, call Gabe him out. He hasn't... Gabe uh, Delahaye? Yeah. Gabe Delahaye. He hasn't written anything in nine years. And they're all like really cringe sounding. Comic-Con? This is a message. Really impossible. <laughs> this is a message for Gabe. Gabe Della, hey, maybe you should quit being a writer. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> just keep doing it. Oh, that was fucking it's hilarious. Great. Yes. Um, okay, dude. But yeah. What the hell? He just has one article. They're all like. It's either the title of an episode of a random TV show or like something that's trying to be funny, like breaking Al Roker pooped his pants at the White House. <laughs> Stuff like that. And then one of them is Riveting. just eventually the world will be covered in ash and silence. Jesus Christ. <laughs> this guy is scaring me. I need to go from Al Roker shitting his pants at the White House to fucking... <laughs> What? Dude, maybe this guy's hilarious secretly. He just has an article called Words to Live By from Actor James Dean. Interesting. <laughs> As if he wasn't an actor or something, dude. I don't know. Um Yeah, so guys check that out in the bibliography. Should we get to uh the movie? Um, so yeah, he's not working at the museum anymore. He's doing his inventions and then he stops by the museum and Ricky Gervais is like, 
hey, you know, they're moving all these to the Smithsonian now. Guess, guess it wasn't so good in Fancyland, was it? Or some I can't do anything with like that. Um, and um, of course, they're being replaced by holograms, which is pretty funny. Um, so Larry decides to spend one last night with them, and then also uh, Robin Williams is like. Hey, Larry, just so you know, uh, they're going to be leaving the tablet here. So all the people who are leaving are actually dead. <laughs> and they don't know it. It's <laughs> pretty fucked. But, um, but yeah. So the next day, Larry gets a call from Jedediah <laughs> on his cell phone, which is pretty funny. He's like, how, how, did, how are you using the phone? Um, and tells him that the monkey stole the tablet, took it this, to the Smithsonian, which means... Now everything in the Smithsonian is alive. Um, so of course, Larry travels to DC. And it's also like just a really heartbreaking scene where like Theodore Roosevelt is true. going to be staying at the museum with the tablet where he'd be waking up, right? But mm-hmm. Sacagawea, who he's now in a committed long-term relationship with, is being sent away without the tablet. So she's essentially dying, like you said. But he's going to keep right. having to wake up every night and know that she's gone. But she doesn't know point. that. She thinks he's like, she thinks he's coming with her and that the tablet is also coming. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, yeah, no, that's true, actually. Um, hmm, yeah. And so, uh, you know, Larry gets there. Of course, he encounters Brendan, uh, you know, and... Um, that leads to one of the greatest comedy scenes to have been created in the last 15 years. All right, guys. <laughs> um, uh, yeah. So, um, eventually he gets in, finds them all frozen, uh, protecting the tablet in a shipping container, uh, in front of the, uh, villain Kamun Ra, who is Achman Ra's brother, and they all come to life. And Larry meets Kamun Ra, and I feel like the plot is getting a little difficult in terms of this kind of stuff because, like, again, like I feel like almost every scene, like it's like Ben Stiller a little improv scene with someone, and then he goes and runs somewhere else. You know, there's like some light action, and then there's another improv scene. Which is great. I'm not complaining, but it does make the the plot description a little, a little rough around the edges. Um, yeah. So, you know, um, Common Ra uh, doesn't know how to use the tablet and tasks Larry with um, no. So okay. So first, Larry gets away with the tablet. Common Ra sends. Uh, his goons to get the tablet from Larry, consisting of Napoleon, um, Al Capone, and Ivan the Terrible. And, uh, you know, they they go, and Larry encounters all sorts of different things at the at the museum, Smithsonian Museum, um, trying to escape and uh, free his friends. Um, of course, then Kamen Ra uses Jedediah as a bargaining chip, uh, as a hostage to get Larry to uh, figure out how to use the tablet because he doesn't know how to use it because he wants to use the counter wants to use the tablet to bring the dead back to life something something army something something 
you know. Um, and then, of course, uh, uh, Larry meets Amelia Earhart, played by Amy Adams. They get a little love interest going. Um, she talks pretty funny. She has a funny, like, 20s accent sort of thing going on. Transatlantic moment. Yep. Um, also, the little painting sequence, which we didn't, we didn't really talk about, where they, they dive into the painting of uh, the, the guy kissing the girl. Classic painting. I don't remember what it's Classic called. Classic statue in Sarasota. True. Um, of course, it's all come to life, and that's where Jay Bruchel is uh, as one of a, one of the soldiers. And also, that's a thing. that's a photograph, not a painting. That's what it is: photograph, not painting. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that was a that was a cool sequence. And then. I mean, this is really just a series of them running and encountering different <laughs> exhibits. You know, they encounter Abraham Lincoln. They encounter, uh, you know, they get to the Air Force wing and they encounter, um, you know, the uh, Tuskegee Airmen and, like you said, Einstein and all these people. Um, there's a little funny side, sort of side plot going on where Octavius is trying to get back and free Jedediah. Um there's a part where he tames a squirrel. No, no. Before he tame, before he meet, encounters a squirrel, he's he's gonna storm the White House. <laughs> yeah, you know he's. I did not remember. Get, he's supposed to get the president's help. Yeah, yeah. Which was which insane. We, we're this close to a fucking Obama scene in Night <laughs> Museum too. So close, so close. Why didn't it happen, man? God. Um. Uh, my fellow exhibits. <laughs> uh. We're not. We're not going to go to that. Dude, you know how much money I'd pay to see an Obama Stiller comedy. Where's the Obama scene? cut. Okay. Where's the Obama cut? Um. Yeah, that'd be hilarious. That's also the scene yeah. where they do the zoom out bit again. Right. Yeah. No, it was a uh, pretty funny. Um. Yeah. So then Ben Stiller and Amelia Earhart like hijack a plane and crash it into the other part of the museum. And Kamenra gets the combination from them. And there's a big fight where all the exhibits are fighting each other. Um, and then uh, Lair, uh, Ben Stiller gets has a, has a final fight with Kamenra, which I thought was pretty cool, pretty fun. He fights with his flashlight. There's multiple moments where he uses the flashlight like it's a fucking lightsaber and he has the force. Like... There's, when it starts, I don't know if you recall this, but Kamen Rao, like, overhead swings the sword at him, and then Larry, like, does this, and the lightsaber, like, flies out of his holster into his hand. I do not remember that. Dude, he literally, multiple times, he just, like, it's a fucking lightsaber. That's, like, impossible. It's awesome. It's so funny. Um, and then he has a pretty fun fight with him, fighting him with the flashlight, and, okay, once again, missed snap joke opportunity, Sean Levy. Writers of this movie, you're out there. There's a part towards the end of the fight where he blinds him with the flashlight. Why doesn't he snap? Come on. Come on, guys. You, you're you the ones who set this up, all right? You're, you know, I'm only working off your logic. Anyway, uh, the door to the fucking underground, not underground, fucking underworld is open. And there's like bird creatures and shit, which are kind of freaky. Um, bird human things and bird person 
third person and Ben Stiller wins the fight, of course. And Kamen Rider's like, who are you? And he's like, I'm the night guard. And like pushes him into the portal. It's awesome. <laughs> uh, uh, also, I guess we didn't talk too much about Kamen Rider, but um, this is really, we talked about this a little bit in the last episode of Summer of Stiller. But Hank Azaria, guys, once again, just totally underrated uh, comedic actor in general. Um, he's great in this. He does a fucking Boris Karloff accent in this movie. Uh, he specifically mentioned that in something I read where he based his voice off of Boris Karloff. Dude, who um, is that? He's a famous uh, actor from the fucking like, 1940s. He was in the original uh, like Mummy movie. He was in the original Night to be Sam. He was in the original... Was the mummy? No, sorry, Frankenstein. He was in the original Frankenstein in 1930. Um, yeah, I, I read in the trivia thing when we watched it that Angazaria filmed like test scenes. Apparently, some of which were on the DVD, which I guess we could watch at some point. Um, of Kamran Ra with different accents, he was trying to figure out which accent he was going to use, and he did like a Southern accent, like a Cockney accent, and then he was like, just did a fucking accent of some actor from the 1930s. <laughs> like, it's awesome. Um, but yeah, so Larry wins, fucking uh, kisses Amelia Hart a few times in the process. Um, then she flies them back to New York, which Justin deduced would be impossible, right? The time of which because yeah, okay. they had to get there I before mean, sunrise. It's like already been dark for like the whole movie, and she. I think they say specifically there's like a few hours they say like three or five hours or something i'm not sure I, but i remember like yeah, literally like, no, he says few i think he's like he's like standing in the museum after the fight and he's like all right guys we gotta get out of here we only have a few hours to get you back before yeah, sunrise okay. so they have yeah. to fly from dc to new york city and then she has to also fly back to dc in the same night in some shitty ass old plane true i didn't even think about her flying back <laughs> Literally She's dead. Look it up. Yeah, no, there's no way that the fucking <laughs> Amelia Earhart didn't turn into a mannequin halfway on this flight over fucking like Virginia. Yeah. They plummeted okay, to the ground. Nonstop flight is an hour and twenty minutes. So hypothetically, it's possible. It's okay. possible. Okay, it's definitely possible they got there, but did she get back and get the plane? Get the plane back into the museum on its fucking. It's okay. It was Able on strings and shit. It. <laughs> it was on wires. Yeah. Don't know yeah. what the fuck they're gonna do there. Also, the fucking giant squid is in the like reflecting. Yeah, there's like there's a conscious moment where Ben Stiller he says that he's like, oh, I got a few hours to get you guys out of here. First, there's something I got to do, and then it cuts to the the Washington Memorial Lake, and he lets the octopus, the squid, in there, and he's like, All right, just be back in before sunrise. <laughs> like what? So clearly they can all just understand English and all know how to get back to the, the, the squid get back before sunrise. Where's it supposed to go back to? It was in like a fucking wooden crate that has now been destroyed. Go back in the warehouse and die. <laughs> yeah. Because wait, was that ever mentioned? Don't they all just not exist, not go back to life anymore after this? Yeah, because he took the tablet back to yes. back to um, New York. Yeah, fuck those guys, I guess. So, dude, that's the. I guess that in and of itself is the explanation for why Amelia Earhart is not in the next movie. Not even mentioned. I guess. But also, what? yeah. 
her granddaughter. <laughs> I, I don't even know what to say about that. There's it's like yeah. so unnecessary and stupid. That's like, what I'm saying. It's so like so the movie ends, right? And um, classic it like ends with like a happy museum moment where right. like he brings the tablet back and Ricky Gervais is like you fixed the museum you fixed the museum and he's like yeah I just uh, installed uh, I'm a mechanical engineer and I've installed a bunch of lifelike robots animatronic like, like yeah, yeah. and Ricky Gervais is like, that's fucking crazy it's insane <laughs> going back to my office now yeah exactly back to- yeah. we hear Oh, insane moment actually, where they do play another Earth, Wind, and Fire song. Oogie Wonderland, possibly right. my favorite Earth, Wind, and Fire song. But yeah, but. okay. Anyway, what do you mean? Oh, did you say okay? What? <laughs> I, mean, what I didn't like that tone. What are you? What are you going to say? Sep- September is that the best Earth, Wind, and Fire song? Obviously, I'm not going to say. September. Okay, Josh Perna. All right. Yeah, that's a good point. No, you can't tell me he didn't ruin that song a little bit for you. Yeah, he did. Guys, if you're out there. Comment below if Josh Perna ruined the song September for you by blasting it on a fucking boombox. Uh, True. Week of the 21st like, of September. I like Let's Groove, I think. Oh, wait, that's actually... Fuck. <laughs> oh, man. Anyway. It might, be, it might be tied. Anyway, yeah. <laughs> Point is, that's not even the final song, though. It actually ends with Life in Technicolor by Cold coming on well yeah it just like switches all of a sudden when he sees her but anyway. it's, it's 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 a kind of a nice scene where it's pointless right like you said because they don't do yeah. anything with it but like amy adams waltzes in the museum but now she's not in Amelia Earhart clothing she's in normal, just normal right? yeah and he sees her and he's like are you related to amelia Earhart?" and she's like yes i'm her granddaughter i'm kidding she's like no, I've never heard that before. And he's like, oh, you just kind of look like her. And she's like, okay, cool. And then she's like, hey, can you actually show me around the museum so I can suck you off in the bathrooms? And he's like, yeah, that'd be great. And then how about we don't fucking do anything with this relationship that's introduced in the last 30 seconds of the movie. And we don't even talk so about stupid. it. We don't even mention it a single time in the third movie. It's so stupid. I feel like I can't remember what I thought of as a kid, but maybe I was like, Thought it was more profound than it actually was. Maybe right. I guess my only like That's I guess the actress. That's the same what? actress. She's alive. Yeah. It's two two different characters. I feel like it's I maybe two... thought that it was like her pretending to be human, even though that makes no sense. But like, kid logic, kid logic. You know what I mean? Like, of course. Oh my god, he actually gets. To... That's what it is. That's all it is. It's just to make fucking kids be like, oh, he does get to end up with Amelia Earhart in a way. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. yeah. But like. I... I don't know. This, I guess that's the one, 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 not negative because it doesn't really impact the movie too much with these movies. But like Ben Stiller always has to have a romantic interest, whether it services the plot or not. Um, yeah. Anyway, I mean, it does lend his just romantic interest with Emily Earhart lends itself to the hilarious Napoleon bit. Oh, it definitely. Yeah, okay, should we talk about that? <laughs> um. There's a great scene where Napoleon, uh, being one of Kamen Ra's uh, right-hand men, uh, tracks down Ben Stiller and Amy Adams in a hallway and cuts him off and is like, <laughs> okay, we're told, according to a YouTube comment, this guy's a big, big, hilarious French comedian. 
sure. don't know his name. <laughs> but um, I believe it because it's just a funny scene. Again, this is one of the improv scenes, definitely. Um, he just like, what does he say? He's like, <laughs> well, first so he what's the deal here? Yeah. yeah. He he calls Ben Stiller her boyfriend, Amy Adams, and yeah. they're they're both like, "Oh no, we're not together," and he just like he like just stares at her for a second and then like sidesteps over to Ben Stiller and like puts his face really close to his ear. Yeah, and he does the whole bit. He's like, he's like, "So, uh, are you two uh, friends from college who are just <laughs> scared to ruin your relationship by telling each other how you feel about each other and that you like like each other?" And Ben, ben Stiller somehow, without laughing, like looks at him like an inch from his face and is like, "What?" <laughs> it's crazy what? and then he's like and then he does it again <laughs> the yeah, same like, the same shot yeah yeah what you're saying yeah do you say that you have friends in colors and you have friends with each other and you just want to ruin the relationship this is like even yeah. like more like, like word for word repeats it <laughs> yeah. it's so funny it's perfect very uh very good um so yeah i guess we have the romantic tension to to thank for that great scene so good work guys <sighs> anything else or should we get to ranking let's just rank it bro it's already 11 30 yeah all right so hmm. this is good this is a good movie this is a good movie uh oh, i would like dude. to ask you yeah boom bang firepower <laughs> Boom, boom, firepower. Yeah. Dude, you can't tell me when this movie came out oh. and we were in fucking, I don't know, some fourth grade, like some third, fifth grade. Yeah. Some. yeah. Uh, people were quoting that left and right. Okay. It was in every trailer, every TV spot on everything for this movie. Um, iconic. Yeah. Fucking iconic. You were the funny kid in class if you did the. Yeah. The if you, just there. randomly. Yeah, yeah. Like it didn't have to make sense. You'd just be like in class and someone would be like, boom, boom. Firepower. <laughs> yeah. Um. Anyway. Oh, oh, dude. Also, the fucking Jonas Brothers angel statues. That oh just yeah. Sang more than a woman by the Bee Gees for some reason. Yeah, it was unnerving. <laughs> dude, it was so <laughs> dude, I was literally like jaw dropped when that scene happened. <laughs> jaw dropped. I was just trying to figure out who it was singing. Who was singing. yeah? That I thought... too. I was like, is this? Is this Justin Timberlake? <laughs> Lonely Island? Lonely Island? <laughs> that would be awesome if they just did like yeah. Lonely Island tier bits, but like as Cupids. Yeah. Oh my god. That'd be great. Um, I'd like to ask you, uh, on my ranking list, what do I have on 7 and 8? Long Camp Holly is a 7. Okay. And... And Meet the you Parents is... Oh, Meet the Fuckers is also a 7. Okay, I'd say I and enjoy this. It's also a 7. <laughs> okay, that's interesting. Might have to amend that later, but... I... I think I enjoyed this... A little bit more than those movies. I'm leaning towards a 7.5 right now. What do you think? What are, what are you thinking? Hmm. 7.5 is what you gave Cable Guy. Fuck. Actually, that makes and it I harder. gave Cable Guy a 7. Huh. I might give this one also a 7. Yeah, yeah, this might be a 7. There might be a lot of 7s going on yeah. for me. You already well, have a lot of 7s. I'll, I'll, we'll work that out in the 
Did we say the summary episode? I don't remember. In one of the episodes. Summary of Stiller or something like that. Yeah, something like that. Speaking of, what's the title of this episode going to be? Cecil of of Stiller. (laughs) Dude, no one would understand it, but that would be an awesome title. Oh my god. Cecil? Cecil? (laughs) Dude, just him yelling that when he, like, thinks Cecil's in the museum. (laughs) Very funny, Cecil. Yeah. Oh, dude, also, yeah. this is hilarious line when he, he's, like, he's pissed because the museum came to life against his expectations. And Cecil comes the next morning, and he's like, oh, Ben Stiller, where are you? How was your first night? And Ben Stiller, like, hops out and scares him, and he's like, ah! And Cecil's like, Cecil's like, oh, we're too old for surprises. And he's like, oh, 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 really? You like surprises? surprises? You like surprises? What about, what about, oh, the little... Oh, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe the, the Holy Museum comes to life. How about that little little sweetheart? <laughs> Just him. Yeah, yeah. Dude, so that's good. peak Ben Stiller. Oh my yeah. god, <laughs> that's great. Also, like when he jumps out at them in that scene, he looks so like smug. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's <laughs> like crazed. I mean, he just watched him and it all like evaporate. Oh yeah, that's fair, honestly. <laughs> yeah, no. That little um, sweetheart. <laughs> End the line, cool breeze. <laughs> Good God. Okay. Um also isn't Ben Stiller's mom in this movie? Yeah, she's the lady who gives him the interview where she's like, Didn't they already do that right. when he's talking about the snap on? And she's like Yeah. And he's like yeah, no. Well, that that's the clapper. They're sort of different. Like, yeah, no. Shame they didn't get Jerry Stiller in this at some point. Oh, dude, yeah, that would have been hilarious. God. All right, well, we can move on, I guess, to the final night at the museum. We're making good time here. Um, the Battle of the Tomb? Secret? Secret? No? Yeah, Secret of the Tomb. I was getting mixed up on that. I barely remember this. I know I had seen it once when it came out. Um, I had like flashes of memory, but really I just did not know what to expect going in. I know you hadn't seen it at all, right? True. I hadn't seen it, and I'd only seen Battle of Smithsonian once. Interesting. Okay. Yeah, so this one came out in 2014, um, which, I don't know, sounds like kind of like a more recent. It kind of like, at first I was like, what? No, I thought that was like, I thought it was staggered more. I thought the first one was like 2003, and then the next one was like 2007. You know what I'm saying? So, 2003, bro. That'd have been crazy. What did it have? <laughs> Dude, three years, it really wouldn't have been different. <laughs> it would have been, would have been crazy. It would have been, <laughs> been absurd. <laughs> 2003. Dude, speaking of unironic absurdity. Bam Margera at Sarasota's Payne Park. Yes, Darian was messaging me. I'm the one who told Darian. So Darian sent me a photo of him just like sitting there at the park. And I was like, why aren't you guys getting a picture with him? And he was like, well, I'm I'm, like kind of scared. I'm like, get a picture with him. (laughs) I mean, I'm like, don't do it. Obviously, like if he doesn't seem like he's up for it, but like if he seems like he's up for it, you should try to get a picture. And so right after that, he got a picture with him. Both of them got a picture. So, um, It's crazy. Why is he in Sarasota of all random cities? I don't know. I know that he um, 
He wasn't on the newest Jack. I haven't seen it. I, he wasn't on the newest Jackass because he was in one he, bit. Okay, well, I read that he wasn't in it at all, or wasn't featured in it because of, like he didn't pass a drug test slash like wasn't showing up on time or something that are like the the rest of the jackass crew like didn't want to deal with his sh- shit so to speak and they didn't like renew his contract or whatever um i don't know i'm pretty anyway i don't know why he's in sarasota insane though good i mean yeah that's cool um Dude, imagine if Steve-O was in Sarasota. Did I tell you I saw Steve-O live in Tallahassee? Yeah, you t- on the podcast, actually, you were talking okay. about getting tickets to that show. Right. Oh, true. Yeah, yeah. But, I mean, you didn't tell us how it went. How'd it go? <laughs> yeah, it was... It was okay. I mean, not to, like, roast Steve-O, but the issue I found with it is that... Okay. No, I was going to say it seemed like a lot of it was just, like recycled material from his youtube channel but that's not true he actually primarily did show um like new content which is the whole point of the thing is that it's like stuff you can't see anywhere else he's very strict on like recording of it because obviously when half the show is him showing videos if you can see the videos elsewhere it defeats the entire purpose of it so half the show is just him like yeah dude this one's crazy like uh, this one i i fucking that's that is that surprised me how fucking good that was. I, I thought I'd tr- try it out. You know? That literally sounded like. Dude, have you guys seen the newest Night in the Museum movie? Shit is crazy, bro. Well, Red will... Stiller. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, dude. He okay. He that's that's you have the intonation right. I feel like I have like the I'm able to manipulate my throat. Gurgle. Yeah, yeah. No, it it hurts, but it, it works. Um, um, he will like introduce a skit or like a concept in the form kind of like telling a story mixed with like stand up comedy, and then it'll lead up to him then showing. Here's the here's video. me doing it. Here's me chomping on a brick, and then he no, but he doesn't like, actually. Yeah. He leaves the stage when that happens. Oh, that's cool. He'll just, he'll just walk off stage, and then this, it'll darken or whatever, and the screen will play the skit, and then he'll come back out and move on to the next one. I guess that sounds so, fun. Like, yeah, it was pretty sick. And also Preston Lacey was there, which was insane. He, like, opened for Steve-O. Oh, shit. And I don't know if you've seen any of Steve-O's Wild Ride podcast. No. But um, I think his producer or someone, he, like, appears regularly on the podcast. I don't remember his name or what position he has, but he's something he works with Steve-O and something. He also opened for Steve-O as well. There was, like, two opening, if you can call it that. I don't know. Gotcha. And then Steve came out and did it. It's cool. Yeah, it's pretty cool. All right. Um, I don't know how we start talking about this, but Secret of the Tomb. Um, you know, once again directed by Land Devi, uh, Sean Levy. Land <laughs> Devi. I was reading. I was reading. This is written by David Goyne. So I think I read David. Dude. <laughs> misinput. Misinput. A uh, little mix up. Um. Yeah. So this was um, both a, we should mention, features a posthumous role from both Rob. It was recorded right before, when this released, both of these actors were deceased. Robin Williams True. and Mickey Rooney. It was um, their last on-screen performances for both of them. Yep. And um, so this movie, okay. It's interesting. This movie opens with 
a, I guess you don't know it's a flashback right away. I don't even know if you could describe, I don't know how to describe it, but the intro is like, uh, ancient, e- not ancient Egypt, uh, like archaeological discovering of Egypt. So like 1930s, yeah. you know, um, Indiana Jones tier. Yes. Indiana Jones tier. There's even a guy who like, is very clearly like an Indiana Jones ripoff who is, uh, the dad of the little boy. Anyway, um, little boy, son of the Indiana Jones tier dude discovers a tomb by like falling into it during a sandstorm basically. And the locals are like, you can't, you can't take it. If you take it, the end will come. And the dude's like, no, yeah, I don't give a shit. Take it. And takes it. Um, we later learned that this little boy was Cecil. What? <laughs> For some reason. Um, and then the movie opens. Uh, so now we're, you know, 70 years later. Um, uh, Larry is still the guard at the Museum of Natural History. And they, he's and now he's like hosting a coordinator tier. Yeah, yeah. He's like hosting like benefits and stuff for the museum. And at this point, the entire public thinks that all the museum exhibits are just animatronics. That, yeah. Anyway. Um, there's also uh, Ricky Gervais's character. We're told has commissioned a new, um, <laughs> a new exhibit, a new caveman exhibit, and as a joke, modeled him after Ben Stiller. And this introduces La, the caveman, played by Ben Stiller, also, which is possibly the best part of this whole movie. Possibly the best part of the movie, or funniest at least. Yeah, despite. When I first saw it, I thought it was potentially going to be one of the least funny parts of the movie. I just didn't, didn't think it was going to be featured as prominently. I was like, okay, they're just going to do this first scene and then like one scene at the end. I did not think he was going to be a fucking like main sideshow exhibit that travels with Larry throughout the movie. Um, anyway, so yeah, uh, that happens before the thing starts. You get a funny scene there. Um, then the event starts and everything goes wrong all of a sudden. Oh my god, all the uh, exhibits are malfunctioning. Teddy Roosevelt is like fucking having a stroke. Like <laughs> Those True. parts were kind he, of insane. He like, gun and points it at Ben Stiller's Yeah, point. and then like, there's moments throughout this where this happens and Robin Williams is just like, I guess I don't know if he's ad-libbing, but he's like doing lines of different presidents. He's like, that's not what you can do for your country. That's what your country can do. And just like yeah. <laughs> pointing his gun at people and shit. Just pretty funny. Um, and then, um, so Larry's like, what the fuck's going on? And then he goes to a retirement home leading to great cameo for Cecil, which, you know, I didn't, wasn't a big fan of the intro. I didn't think it made much sense. I, the whole local saying the end will come uh, only ends up only applying to the museum exhibits not coming back to life feels like they kind of over dramatized that part. I don't know. In the end, I guess it was worth it to get a Cecil cameo. Um, but yeah, we get Cecil. Also, Gus is there. Mickey Rooney's there. True. Um, and Cecil's like, yes, the locals, they said the end will come. And, uh, you know, I guess it means the museum's ending or something. And Cecil was like, yes, Achman Ra's parents be the only ones to restore the tablet. But they're in the British Museum in London. 
And so Larry goes to Ricky Race, who is getting fired due to this incident. And it convinces him to ship Ahmed Ra to London so that he can restore the tablet. Um, so Larry takes his son, who's now a fucking like senior in high school or something. Um, okay, so that's, I guess that's another part of this movie is there's this underlying arc where Larry, it, like Larry's son doesn't want to go to college and wants to go like DJ in Ibiza. Ibiza. Sure, in Ibiza. Uh, in Ibiza. <laughs> in Ibiza. <laughs> Uh, so Larry's like, no, what the fuck, dude? You have to go to college. And he's like, I mean, I don't want to. Come on. Um, I don't know how to... Also not the same actor for the kid, I don't think. No, definitely not. Definitely not the same. Um, I don't know. What do you think of this arc in the movie? Of what? About the movie? The arc of his son. His son being in this movie, I guess. Like, yeah. Didn't really care about the kid. Yeah, that's fair. Um, okay, anyway, they go to the fucking London, and they sneak into the museum. Of course, Rebel Wilson is there as the guard of the museum. Um, and he has also stowed some other exhibits there. Or I guess, no, they've stowed themselves, like Teddy Roosevelt, Sacagawea, Dexter. Attila, Dexter. We haven't even talked about how funny Attila is. True, dude. Attila, dude, his screaming in the first movie. Yeah, when they're running <laughs> up to each other, <laughs> and Ben Stiller's like, "Yeah, it's so good." Um, of course, when he's like crying and he's like hugging him and shit. Oh, so good. dude, that scene. I think maybe, maybe, maybe Daddy Attila left the tent and left little baby Attila all alone. <laughs> and dude, like. The guy behind Attila is like tearing up a little bit, and Ben Stiller just like points him and he like mouths, "You're next." <laughs> and he just goes, "He just goes." It's awesome. You know, the first movie is fucking perfect, dude. Um. Anyway, going back to this one. Um. Oh, guess who else has come along? La, the caveman. <laughs> So there's a little bit where he's like telling him to stay and guard the door. But he Dude, Ben do Stiller just like hates Law. That's like the bit in the movie. He's like, yeah. he's just like, he's like, oh, this Joker. <laughs> yeah. Um, and all the Law scenes are funny, which we'll get, you know, we'll tell you more. Um, so, you know, they start searching the museum. This museum, um, it's a lot, it's, it's a different vibe. You know, there's um, there's more like abstract art that's come to life and is shown as kind of like zombie tier when they come to life, right? Um, True. You know, I think that's probably the coolest scene in the movie, which they did not do nearly enough with, is when they first. That's why I didn't really. Yeah. They didn't do anything. True. What was really cool was actually like seeing the shit that you. And that's the thing I could never relate to about the first two movies, because I've never been to the Museum of Natural History in New York, nor have I been to any of the museums in D.C. Yeah. But I've been to the British Museum, so seeing all of the exhibits that I actually know exist there was very cool. That's you know cool. I mean? So, yeah. like, the classic example is, like, all of the, like, deformed and disfigured statues that are all missing pieces that are, like, shambling around, like, you know, like, all the, like, 
Greek and like Mesopotamian statues and shit that are like missing arms and shit are just like hobbling around. And it's like this silent all you hear is like the dragging of like stone on stone of these statues yeah. like walking on the floor. And it's just like these fucked up bodies walking around in this dark room. Very cool. Very atmospheric. And they didn't really do anything with it, even though I think Evan might have pointed this out when we were talking about it right after watching because ironically we watched the third movie with Evan Lamal, but right. none of the other ones. <laughs> which which kind of sucked because I was like, we're getting Evan on, who's like notoriously true a, 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 a prolific uh, film critic. Yes. In a good way. For the worst one. <laughs> I was like, damn, true. you know. It was just my luck. It was funny, <laughs> yeah, no, it was funny. Um, but he he mentioned like Teddy Roosevelt. He's like Ben Stiller's like Jesus. These statues are fucked. And Teddy's like, yeah, uh, it's their first night coming yeah. to life. You know, you should have seen yeah, I us. That like, too. You should have seen us. Yeah, we were, we weren't all there when we for our first night either, or something. Yeah, something like takes him getting used to, which would have been cool to it's see like, more about. That would be awesome. Yeah. yeah, like a um, horror show. Yeah, something that was cool was. At one part of the British Museum, they have these, just like these pillars, and then mm-hmm. like little metal, you know how like when they want to display something that should be floating, but obviously they can't have something floating, so it's like up on a little metal stick. Yeah. It's like that, but it's like giant pieces of larger statues that aren't intact anymore. And it's just like, for example, it's just a hand, or like part of a head or something. They had those in the background, in one scene, they're just like walking, and you can just see in the background. It's just like literally just chunks of body parts that are just like writhing in the background on these pillars. I thought it was really yeah, cool. That's cool. Yeah, definitely. Um, right. And of course, like they encounter the Triceratops uh, True. thing. And so it's like, I got this. And like tries to play fetch with him. Obviously, he doesn't. They run. They get saved by fucking <sighs> Sir Lancelot. <laughs> it's like. Possibly the worst part of this movie. I don't know. I feel. Yeah. Like, I just feel like he had a lot of potential that kind of just yeah, stupid. <laughs> anyway, yeah. Um, he saves them, and they find Ahmedra's parents. Ben Kingsley plays Ahmedra's dad, which is insane. True. And some other woman plays mother. <laughs> um, <laughs> The Jewel of the Nile. Jewel of the Niles. Jewels of the... <clears throat> so what happens uh, after this? Um, Robin Williams' think... voice is a little Tibetan statue that tries to warn them about... <laughs> yeah, he's like, also, Robin Williams is like one... Like, the Tibetan statue, like, hobbles over to them. And Robin Williams is like, it's from Tibet. <laughs> and, then, <laughs> <Sure. laughs> and then the Robin Williams Tibet statue says random shit and then uh there's a giant dragon they have to fight there's a giant yes which Ben also, sort of defeats which, by defibrillating right also his son is like bonding with Sir Lancelot for some reason which never comes up again but like there's this like underlying theme where they're like he's treating Sir Lancelot like better than his dad and like Ben Sir is jealous right and it's hinting this whole time there's something like kind of off-putting about Lancelot yeah yeah um okay so oh okay and then they're like you have to his Ackman parents are like you have to 
bathe the tablet in moonlight to restore its power. And Lancelot's like, hold on, is this the fucking Holy Grail? And then, like, steals the, the tablet and starts charging through London. Uh, yeah. Eventually going into uh, a musical <laughs> with Hugh Jackman in it. It has a has a little funny theatrical scene with Hugh Jackman. True. Um, it was okay. And then they get to the roof of the theater and... Uh, they, like, confront Lancelot. Um, Lancelot, like, eventually fucking gives up the, the tablet. They restore it. And then, at the end of the movie, they decide that the tablet should stay with Ra and his parents, even though this means the New York exhibits will never come to life. Uh, until, will no longer come to life. So, you know, they're all at peace with that, though, and they do it. So they go back to New York. Larry says goodbye to all the exhibits and then leaves the museum for the last final time. And then we open three years later. Larry is now a school teacher. He's a school teacher. Don't, don't question it. He's a school teacher. <laughs> Why do I have um, no memory of this? I don't, he's a school teacher. Wait. I, I smell bullshit. This Wikipedia is fucked up. When do they mention that he's a school teacher? Dude, how does the movie end? Okay, here's my memory. Here's my memory. This is not the wiki. This is my memory. My memory is, it's three years later, and Rebel Wilson shows up with all the New York exhibits as part of like a traveling exhibit. Yeah. Ricky yeah. Gervais is there, and he's like, oh shit, you brought them all back. She's like, yeah, we're traveling exhibit, and the tablet's there, obviously, so they all come to life again. It's a big party because they're fucking alive again mm. for, the, for the night. And then we cut to the outside of the museum. This is my memory. We cut to the outside of the museum. And Ben Stiller is like disheveled. He looks like half like homeless. And is looking at the museum. And then it cuts to black. From the sh- He's like looking at the museum from the street. Which I know you sure. said that he'd probably go in. But I think it was a weird way to end it. In my, in my book. I don't know. <laughs> he's not like a half homeless. I'm literally watching it right now. <laughs> Is it just me? I don't know. He just looked dece- disheveled. I don't know. Oh, wait. I was thinking of the wrong scene. Let's see. Rebel Wilson. Everybody's there. Queen Lancelot. Rebel Wilson and Law make out. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's funny. Oh, yeah. I mean, he's not half homeless looking. He just has scruff. Okay. I don't know why. I mean, in my mind. Shaven. Yeah, he clearly yeah. has taken this heart. <laughs> When does it fucking say he's a school teacher? Yeah, no, that's bullshit. I'm gonna... We gotta correct the Wikipedia on that. Because they simply do not mention he's a school teacher. What? I'm, like, looking... He doesn't have any lines after the three years later. He doesn't. He doesn't. They don't show him until that last fucking frame. That's some bullshit, bro. That's That's an actual mistake on Wikipedia. Alright. Also, terrible moment. The third one doesn't end with an Earth, Wind, and Fire song. It actually ends with uh, Got to Be Real, right? Yes. Which is a great song, and also iconic from personally my childhood, but... Speak for yourself, uh, kid. I did. I said personally my childhood. Um, (laughs) It was, in fact, me speaking for myself. Dang! Dum-dum.
Yes? You give me gum gum. I give you gum gum? You do dum dum, you give me gum gum. Gee, ah, uh, okay. I'm, you know what? I have no gum gum, sorry. And my name isn't dum dum. My name's Larry. No, your name dum dum. That happened. Um. Gee, yeah, I, I don't have dum dum. Gum gum. Yeah, I did not know it was going to be a fucking 30 second long clip, but. What was that? I just typed in Night of the Museum soundbite to add stuff to the soundboard while we were talking. And then it just said dum dum. So I assumed it was going to just be dum dum on gum gum. And that'd be it. I didn't think it was going to be a whole a little mini scene. That was pretty funny, though. It was funny. All right. Anyway. <laughs> Um, what were we talking about? Uh, yeah, that that song. Yeah, got to be real. I think it's a good choice. Like it fits the vibe of the other ending music, but yeah, it's not the same. It's not the same. It is in fact not the same. Um, one scene we didn't mention is another possibly top three scenes for me in the movie. True, with Larry and the caveman, they're trapped in that break room in the museum. You remember True. this? Uh, Rebel Wilson locks him up. Yes, he locks him up with the caveman. And it's funny, Ben Stiller's like ranting about like his son and like the situation he's in. And Law is imitating him, of course. Like Larry like <laughs> sits down at some point and like slams his like flashlight onto the table and Law <laughs> slams a giant bone onto <laughs> the table. <laughs> sure. And he's like, I just wish that he would go to college and then take a break and the law's like like just mocking him and at some point in the middle just like puts his hand in like a toaster and gets like shocked for like 10 seconds it's hilarious um just great scene i think for me the funniest part is just him like just mimicking ben stiller's actions oh yeah seemingly for no purpose yeah. And also just pulling out the bone from literally nowhere. The, yeah, the bone, the comically large bone. Yeah. <laughs> it's insane. It's so good. Um, yeah. Anything else we should mention before we wrap it up? Nah, can't think of anything. Ranking moment? This yeah. is going to be rough. Um, what do I have on five and six? Little Foxes is five. Something about Mary's 6.5. That's it. Okay. See, it's weird to say this. Maybe not to you, but maybe to other people. But, like, I feel like I enjoy Little Fockers a little bit more than this. I actually Just a tad do. bit more. Like, like, if Little Fockers is a 5 for me, I would have to give this, like, a 4.5. That's what I'm giving mine as well. Yeah, I'm going to give it a 4.5. Because... Well, there were some some funny scenes I wasn't expecting. Doesn't get close to redeeming this plot, uh, or just how this felt. I don't know. Like most of this just felt like I said this to you guys when you watched it, but it felt like kind of like gray. In yeah. To me, and I know that like part of this is the museum is gray, and I understand that. But like, I mean, like tonally, like gray. Um, True. Which isn't not and that's not a bad thing either. It just didn't feel earned. I don't know. It felt like it was just kind of all over the place. Weak plot. Had some okay moments. But at the same time, I'd rather rewatch Little Foxes because I know that it has like a... <laughs> Little Foxes has like a somewhat better plot and a lot more scenes that I laughed out loud at. So, you know what I mean? Yeah, That's why I place it below Little Fuckers. Any other thoughts? 
Nah. Probably if you're going to watch them, you might skip one. the third one, Yeah, just watch one and two. Like, yeah, just watch one and two. I mean, watch three if you want, but I can't promise you'll think it was a good use of your time. If anything, literally just look up the fucking scenes that we liked on YouTube. Like, the caveman scenes. Yeah. Literally. <laughs> um... But yeah, wow, this is kind of this is kind of insane. We did three movies in under two hours. That's, yeah. that's kind of crazy. We we can we work hard when we have to. Yes, not in terms of scheduling and actually recording it though. Okay, well, I'm available mostly every day. That's all I'm gonna say. That's fair enough. That's fair enough. Not to, you know, um. So what's next for Summer of Stellar, guys? Well, let me tell you. Episode 5, uh, Starsky and Hutch, Dodgeball, and Mystery Men. Now, I can't tell you when this will come out. <laughs> but listen, guys, there's school. Yeah, you guys, guys know there's gonna, school. There's school gonna going on. for September 23rd. Mm-hmm. We're going to do Starsky and Hutch, Dodgeball, Mystery Men, Zoolander, Duology, Tropic Thunder, The Watch, Greenberg, Meriwood Stories, Secret Life of Walter Mitty, Madagascar franchise, Megamind, and Elmo's Christmas Countdown. And all in two weeks. Maybe. And possibly Flirting with Disaster. All by September 20th. 28th, whatever. It's, wow. I think, should we set a new goal? Are we going to set the goal, or are we just going to keep calling it summer, even long after summer? No, no, we're always going to call it summer, summer. But should we, like, realign the goal of, like, is it no longer bro? Berlin Sunday should we be like it's it's gonna be finished before 2022 is over <laughs> like yeah God, I would hope so like it's 2022 summer Thanksgiving I don't know uh <sighs> almost Christmas countdown Christmas genius the season of Stiller really is what this is <laughs> really is but it's too late <laughs> to change the branding of it true um, I don't know, but we will guys like, you know, you guys know how it goes with school. Justin has a girlfriend, you know, he's trying to work on, uh, getting his Instagram back. You know, these things take time. <laughs> this, are, are you actually working on getting your Instagram? Well, cause the, they want to know the, the people. Wanna okay. What I like to, yes. Um, here's what I'm I told you, you just have to send that email. They will do it. Dude, so you say. I looked it up online. Everyone said they will not respond. How long ago was that, though? To be fair, that was like 10th grade or something. Okay, well, I don't know. Maybe it is worth just sending an email. But here's the thing. Here's the part I'm really pissed about. And, like, we can, I guess, get into this if you want. The point is, he deleted all of my old posts. Yeah, and I don't know if it... I was going to say the hope is that you is get the that, followers. Uh, no. Okay. That would be hilarious. I get <laughs> fucking 10,000 like bot accounts or something. Like it serves no purpose, but it's funny to like just have, <laughs> but um, like my posts are all getting like 30 likes or something. And I have like over 10,000 followers. But anyway, the hope is that maybe he just archived them. 
because I don't have any other way of like accessing those photos because <laughs> once Christ. I make a post on Instagram, I would just delete it because I just assumed in my mind. Like, you don't use like a Instagram. Google Photos, iCloud, like whatever. I, like, I use Google Photos now, but it's very yeah, recent. Back then, yeah, that's fair. That's fair. But yeah, like yeah, these are just really hilarious pictures, like some like compilations from like a trip I went on or some shit, and it's just like. They're, he just fucking deleted them. To post. Yeah, I doubt that he would go through the trouble of pressing archive instead. Of yeah, delete, exactly. To be honest, obviously wouldn't have. So maybe it's, is it time to make a new Instagram? No, because I don't really see the need. Filmatic. Yeah. Okay. I uh, guess. But um, like, you know, staying in touch with people. Um, uh, I, I didn't really talk to. Like really, no, but you saw them and uh, silently liked their photos, you know. Yeah, <laughs> some of them. I feel like I really was just a lot of time wasted on like Instagram. Oh, that's fair. That's, that's shit, really fair. Which I maybe you should just miss. take this opportunity. Yeah, exactly. That's a good point, actually. It'd be sad to see you go, but uh, you're welcome to log in on the Filmatic account anytime. <laughs> yeah. Well, maybe you could. Maybe that's what you can do. You can. No, no. Maybe I'll make a new account for our new non-movie centric podcast for the comedy podcast <laughs> what's it called jesus god dude i don't know what if we just what if we, what if we just make sent summer of stiller it's it, it's, it's it's podcast about ben stiller shit i mean maybe when are we gonna get darian on here i feel like he, he'll have some, a while. some ben stiller insight i think like i've talked to him about he ben does. stiller before no, he did watch the Meet the Parents trilogy when we were doing the episode. But, like, after we posted it. Um, no, we should get Darian on. The problem is, with Summer Stiller, we talked about this, is, like, it's not very accessible to the uh, general public, considering you have to watch, like, three movies at a time <laughs> to, to be caught up for an episode. But um, I think it's for the Zoolander duology. We'll be able to get some people. Because it's only two movies. It's sequel tier. You know what I mean? Like... That's fairly accessible. I'm going to say let's shoot for that. Let's shoot for getting some people on the Zoolander episode. But that's like two months from now. <laughs> no, 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 we got, we, got, we can do better than that. Come on. Okay. We're going to reach out to Colin. We're going to ask him gonna reach which out to episodes seem interesting. I'll do that. I'll do that tonight. Um, so, yeah, we're going to reach out to Colton. We're going to get some people on the Zoolander episode. I think what we're going to do, um, and we'll talk about this personally, but I think we're going to come up with some sort of system where we can watch the movies quicker, maybe watch them independently again. Um, right, yeah. Right, because that seemed to make things go quicker before. Um, but yeah, anyway, we will be coming back soon, whether it's Summer of Stiller or something else, I will post something. So, True. yeah, any final words for the, the peop- nah. people? Like, look at Madagascar when whole movie like alex is like the people the people you know what i'm talking about right of course you bit the hand marty you bit the hand <laughs> and when they <laughs> it's the people it's the people and they're all like running to it's the, eventually it's gonna be the lemurs but they're running because they hear the music True. alex like hits a spider web trips on a log like roll <laughs> rolls a few fucking hundred feet <laughs> yeah Dude, Madagascar yeah. is going to be fun episode. Like, runs into a palm tree and the coconut falls yeah. on his head. Ow! He doesn't say that there, but... <laughs> you have a guy your break! <laughs> Dude, me when... Uh, me when... Um... <laughs> <laughs>
Hold on, let me try. Me when called me out on Twitter. Do you remember this for having the generic podcast logo? Do you know who I'm talking about? Oh, hold up. I put in the chat. Oh, he's so true. So true. I mean, what's the deal with you know what I mean? Right, yeah. Um, uh, but if you remember, the reason I brought that up is I responded to her with the, could you give a guy a break? I do remember that. <laughs> and she didn't respond. <laughs> yeah, of course. Yeah, I get it, but hey, come on. Uh, All right, well. <laughs> <laughs> Any reaction to it? Yeah. Uh-oh. I thought it was Uh-oh. perfect. Uh-oh. Some features on recording Zencaster might not work until you clear data other sites have stored on your devices. Because they have like 30 Reddit tabs open at the same time. <laughs> 30 Reddit tabs? What the fuck are you looking at? It's just random posts that I'm like going to go back to later because I didn't want to read them in the moment. You know you can save posts, right? Yeah, fuck that. Okay. <laughs> fuck that. Let me crash my computer. <laughs> Choose sites to clear. Oh, it's like actual data stored. Fucking hell. Okay, well, we should... Jeez, I did not even mean to... I, I literally... What the fuck? Dude, I literally did not mean to do that. Okay, anyway, we're gonna wrap it up and we'll figure that out right now. Um, But guys, stay tuned. More Filmatic is coming soon. Uh, no matter what. So, uh, comment for the Suicide Squad DVD and stay tuned at Filmatic Podcast on Instagram at the Fish King. Never mind. Uh, at Nabil Sharif on Instagram. <laughs> um, you've been listening True. to Filmatic with Justin Fischler <clears throat> and Nabil Sharif. We'll see you next time. Gum gum. Yes. You give me gum gum.